Okay. <laughs> made it. Made well, it. Our apologies for the late start. Uh, Mike uh, needed to take a few personal minutes, and uh, I caught up on some light reading. So uh, <laughs> I uh, was dusting off. You know what's funny is I was just these old sport compact cars are basically like kind of Bibles to me these days. Right? Like they're just part well, of they the, are. the term, but I mean, they're like yeah. tuner Bibles. Like if you, if you really kind of look at it using the term very loosely, of course, but it has yeah. like really good stuff that was happening at the time. So, you know, like back in 2002 pre three fifty Z release. Okay. You know, obviously the, the big production for that vehicle was the run. Do you remember the run? Is they they called it the run? The the Sunset Le Mans yes, that, Z. That was a um, promotion by Nissan. A very a very well thought out production of yeah. right. Three fifty Z. Yes. You know yes. where they shot that? Was in it Prague. Paris? Prague. Prague. Okay, I had a shot it in Prague close. over like a three day period, but they planned it out, and and it's crazy because it talks about all the back footage about how the chase cars were actually other Z's. All of them oh. were paint Sunset Le Mans in case they put them into walls. <laughs> so, um, and so they really? had like police cars kind of following them, and it's just the amount of, um, uh, you know, extravagance to get that whole thing done back in those days was like insane. Like the amount of money that they put into the production and to get it done. And they had a director, um, the same guy who filmed the abyss, uh, that movie from uh, Oscar winning a movie. Yeah. The same yeah, guy yeah. who did the, he did, he filmed that little excerpt as well. So it's like, it's wow. not how much money that they shot that they put into that to get that, that piece done at that time. Well, so, yeah. how well thought out it was right. The mm-hmm. investment on this thing, um, <clears throat> yeah. And it was, and you gotta think about it. At the time that it was, two thousand two, two thousand three, mm-hmm. this wasn't like it went straight to social media. Social media wasn't a thing. So to go no. to that much investment into a a disc, a disc, you know, and that, they sold the disc. Who knows? Yeah, for nine ninety five at the time. So. Oh really? Yeah. It was like at dealerships, I guess. Dealerships, uh, and guessing. you could buy it online, and then they gave a, a substantial amount away for free to the Z clubs because that's how I got mine. I actually got a pack of like. Four. And then I, I yeah. at the time I was writing for, um, uh, for, you know, miscellaneous. So I got it in a press release with Nissan too, as well, because I went under two names. So I got two more <laughs> of those. So it's like, to the, I have like five you, of those. You've, yeah. I, identity theft is, is not a, or it, <laughs> I write under my name, serious, and my pseudo name. I write under a pseudo name. It jiggles McNasty. And then I write <laughs> under, uh, my name, uh, which is Miles Hall. Yeah, it's kind of funny. So crazy stuff. That's, but that's awesome. yeah, I digress. So um, yeah, man, you know, I was just doing some reading and kind of talking about that. And yeah, it was funny. I, I was going to share a story with you um, yeah. that I was, uh, my little girl was like talking to me and, uh, and she was just like, daddy, daddy. And I'm like doing one of these like lost in space kind of things. And she's like, yeah. and she she asked me daddy so many times that she walked up to my wife and she goes, is daddy okay? And then I was like, I snapped, like I came back out of it. And my wife's like, are you okay? Like she thought like maybe I'm having some kind of like a seizure moment or, you know, uh, (laughs) uh, an early onset of whatever's going to dementia. Yeah. There you go. Right. So I'm thinking that. And she's like, what? You were like totally lost in a moment. And I'm like, I was thinking about like a car problem, you know, and I'm, I was wondering like, <laughs> of course, 
and it was like you know i'm thinking like is it, it has fuel it has yeah. spark the timing was good when i got it and i'm like in my head i'm going through issues why won't it turn over right and, and i'm like here i am like lost in it like you know like a like a mental patient on on too many drugs uh, like and it, the reality is i'm just trying to figure out something in my head i'm literally dissecting the entire engine of mine but it um so don't fear if you see somebody on the street and it looks like there's a mental illness and they're a car guy they're probably just trying to do some uh, their, diagnostic yeah. well that's why they're on the street because their car is on jack stands and you know yeah it just it solves everything yeah, yeah just... <laughs> it all makes sense yeah well then yeah. uh thank you again for everybody uh coming on with us a little bit late um again we're going to get started here in just a few moments but we're going to talk to you a little bit about uh this episode of the nissan nerd podcast so today uh we are going to talk about a few things uh we'll give you the latest update regarding an expedition team who's driving their all-new nissan araya from the north to the south pole also, we're going to dig up some Nissan Nerd uh, archives and share a very unique way that Nissan tries to break their own stuff back in the day. And then on this episode of the Back Alley Chat, we're going to talk about nuts. Lug, <laughs> lug nuts, that is, um, surprisingly. Um, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how to service your lug nuts, the importance of lug nuts, and safety. Um, on this episode of the Nissan Nerd Podcast, stay with us. Let's do it, guys. Good intro. Good, good intro, man. Yeah. It's... Oh, oh, thank you. Pat myself yeah. on the back for that one. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Mike, it's been a minute since we've done like a full episode like this with news. And I mean, it, I don't know. It just feels like, how long has it been? Like, I feel like we've been doing interviews and then we were at super lap battle and it just like the first of the year just kind of got away from us. You're absolutely right, man. You know, I was actually looking back at our past episodes. The last time that we've actually had what you might call a traditional show where we do the motorsports, we do the Nissan News Update. It's been January, dude. Since January. Here we are in late April. So easily, let's just call it three and a half, essentially four months since we've really had a uh, just a simple episode where we actually get, get back into um, – just the latest things happening in, in the world of Nissan. Uh, in, you know, we just had like, I don't know, it's crazy. It's just we got so busy with Super Lap Battle and doing interviews, and we'll be well, getting back to interviews here pretty soon. But yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to try to nice, healthy balance. And it's um, car show season. That's the reason why. I mean, everything, yeah. the weather's, I mean, it's, it's getting better and better. Uh, events are uh, happening or have already happened. So, yeah, it's it's just a, a, a real um, – uh, challenge to get the timing right and to be able to do everything our, our shows get long enough you know it's as much as to do it all on top it's it's a it really is more of an endurance challenge right yeah very much so so we got a few people on with us aman finally back with us again we uh don't get a we don't get enough of the monster he said the thumbnail for tonight's episode is just nut busting funny well yes there you go yeah that's right he's referring to the uh the Mad Max. So, of course, Miles, with most episodes, uh, I, I always, you always do the honors and trying to find us some sort of uh, oh, yeah. parody to put our faces on with Photoshop and whatnot. This last one was through uh, a Mad Max uh, <laughs> uh, 
uh, screenshot and uh, uh, that oh, was Oh man, awesome. one yeah. of these days I'll have a chance to tell you, and I think I shared the story with you one time, a story about Mad Max. It's not necessarily about Mad Max, but it's yeah. about the guy with the mohawk who's in the second Mad the Max. The second one. Um, he's a yeah. famous actor who actually came to San Antonio one day. If you guys remind me, I'll tell you a really great story about <laughs> him doing like an anniversary um, cinematic preview when he came to here in Texas. Um, the Draft House hosted it, and they ran a really crazy rally. And this gentleman showed up to be the key keynote speaker, if you will, before yeah. the movie release. And they sold out the theater, and then they did this crazy rally. But things got insane, and one of these days I'll kind of talk to you about Ooh. it, and uh, maybe we'll talk okay. about it on the next episode, and I'll, yeah, I'll do some funny photoshops. But I, I, I like the teaser. That like was teaser. insane. So anyway, <laughs> but uh, moving right along, uh, catching up. Um, I mean, Mike, what have you been up to as of late? Man, I'll tell you. Um, so since we last spoke about this, I um, last episode, I, honestly, I've just been buying supplies, buying parts. <laughs> The good old fun thing of just buying car parts, right? That's the fun part, uh, more of the fun part. So uh, last episode, we were buying uh, paint, uh, color match paint, primer, uh, supplies. Uh, this last two weeks has been engine parts. So we're looking at um, uh, fuel injectors, oil pump. Of course, what I'm referring to is that I've got this 300ZX uh, and a VG30 engine, essentially, that I'm refreshing. And part of that is just taking the block uh, essentially down to the short block. Uh, I'm actually putting putting on some fresh head gaskets. You know, uh, you had done something recently, and uh, I was like, you know what? You kind of motivated me to do the same thing. Let's put some fresh head gaskets on this engine. So, uh, honestly, man, these last two weeks have been nothing but just buying parts. Um, uh, just grabbing a crowbar and opening up my wallet and just making it happen. Buy once, cry once. Just get it done, you know? <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, I'm getting ready for that. Honestly, it's going to be garage time uh, soon. Uh, the These boxes uh, or shipments should be coming in uh, as early as, I think, Monday. So uh, it's it's going to be go time really, really soon here uh, for me and the 300ZX. Uh, um, by the way, speaking of buying stuff, you shared with me a purchase I don't even know. You surprise again. I've said this before. You always surprise me with the number of purchases, this sporadic, and these aren't like nickel and dime purchases. You bought another Z, another a Datsun Z this time, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. you're sounding like my wife here, and I'm. Uh, I don't really appreciate that. Um, but no, actually, I have been doing um, a little bit of. You know, since all my projects are kind of away from me right now, I've had some free time while I'm. I have downtime working on my own projects. So I have a little bit of free time. So I've been taking on other people's projects or I've been getting phone calls for people to say, Hey, I've got a car and I, I kind of want to restore it to a degree or get it back on the road. At least would you yeah. be interested in a purchase it and, you know, finding it a new home. And one of my newest projects was, <laughs> was a bit of a rough um, situation Okay. Um, let me see here. Uh, I'll share it with you here, but it's been a project, uh, Z 32. Um, I guess if you want to call it a survivor, but it's basically a, a project that was pretty rough. Um, normally. So I, I call, I end up nicknaming it uh, project Ziphilis. Um, yes, the yes. reason being, great, um, great name. it was, it was pretty bad. Like it was to the point that the car was so full of rodent poop and other things that, 
it was probably going to give you syphilis in some capacity or some <laughs> other type of disease. This vehicle is pretty rough. It actually had squirrels, rats, um, creatures living into it. So I ended up taking this vehicle back to my house, stripping it down, getting getting all the hazmat piece of it done, and, uh, <laughs> and, and slowly kind of getting it backed up to what it needed to be. Um, so, yeah, it, it had been kind of sitting for a number of years. So this thing wouldn't start. I ended up kind of going through everything, slowly cleaning it out, and, and really using a nice chemical process to take all the unsavory things out of it. And I just kind of brought it back to life. I started getting it idling and I couldn't get it over like 800 RPM um, yeah. on idle. I'm like, what the hell is it? So I start running through everything and I'm like, it can't be that bad. So I ended up taking the whole engine apart. Uh, no, excuse me. The whole nose piece kind of starting to take it apart. Right. It ends yeah. up churning out the, uh, that there was a family of mice that were living where the air filter had been. <laughs> And uh, I'll kind of show you here. Oh, man. There you go. Oh. Yeah, they're they're all living inside there. And it turned out that the math was actually completely clogged. Pulled it out away. I could easily rev this thing up after that. I'm going a little bit further. Changed out fuel filter spark plugs. It's not pretty, but it's enough to kind of get it going. And from there, I kind of would just put on new rubber, check the brakes, made it a nice, safe vehicle for the next owner. And it actually, I was contacted um, by an individual um, just the last few days, and uh, he's going to take it home. Um, so he's actually going to be the new owner of this uh, this beauty. So, uh, yeah, you actually surprised me by how fast you flipped this car. You know, I there was a conversation yeah, that we had not three too weeks long ago. Yeah. You're like, oh, maybe I'll drive it for a year, you know. And I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. We can, you know, have some fun with it, and then boom. Uh, seller comes in, I'm like, or a buyer comes in and, you know, and, and I, I don't sell these cars for a substantial amount of money. I mean, yeah, I could have picked it up, but the beautiful thing is it was all straight and ready to go. And, you know, the engine was running strong, good compression numbers all the way across. Um, it's an automatic. And I was like, you know what? I could keep it. And then you start doing, you have to do the re realistic math of like, okay, yes. how much time is going to take? How much effort is it worth the... You know, do I need a fourth Z32? I was like, mm. so <laughs> yes, I, I, and I get them the all the time, answer. but I was just like, eh, maybe it's time to let this one go. So I found a local Z guy who's really interested, super excited. So I was like, you know what? It's going to a nice home. He wants to keep it conventional. I was like, you know what? It's yours. So I came up with a price and um, he's going to be taking it home pretty soon. So um, winner, winner for him. So kudos to that gentleman. Um, uh, Mr. George Dominguez, who reached out to me, it'll soon be his. Yeah, so. All right, all right. But, uh, he takes ownership on Saturday, so. But yeah, <laughs> and I purchased uh, another Z. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. So, so you took took the money from that and brought invested into another Z. This was the Datsun I was thinking you you were. Yeah, talking about. I picked up a '77 Datsun 280Z. I have no idea what I bought, but it's a uh, it's it's going to be the a a box of problems so we'll see if it's going to be a parts car or if it's going to be a survivor and saver so we'll go from there is it in so question is it in texas is it not it, in texas? it is in texas yeah it is. Okay. Make, texas uh, is big enough to where i can't make my travels outside of well texas, but. well the reason why i ask is because i remember not too long ago me and you took a drive up to colorado springs to pick up a dotson that 620 yeah. about two years back and i was on a whim of a trip had a 
had a great time, but uh, out of, out of state. So I was just wondering. I know there are no limits to what you will do for it depends uh, for on the car. Dotson, it depends you know? on the yeah. car if it's worth the save. So we'll see how it goes. So, but uh, yeah, for right now, that's what I'm doing, and um, you know, I'm just having a good time in between my eventual move officially to New Mexico. I'm just trying to spread some karma, spread some good vibes fix up cars while I'm in town and, um, you know, just, I'm just making sure I'm keeping my tools and my head sharp. So we'll <laughs> kind of go from there, but yeah, that's where I've been up to. Um, you know, I, that's pretty much it. Um, I did want to do a little acknowledgement again. Uh, Amon's on with us. Uh, Haley, um, is actually on with us from, uh, Myers Motorsports. Thank you for joining us here tonight. Anybody else, Thank uh, you. want to drop in, feel free to comment in the notes as we continue on with the show tonight um we are streaming the show live through youtube anything that you'd like again to comment about the show uh right in the section comments we'll do our best to try to answer those we'll share some of your comments uh throughout the show and yes. um let's get started with the show officially but yes. mike i'm going to give you this uh handoff here tonight i'm going to go try to redeem myself from the last uh episode I had a brain fart. So, again, officially, uh, let's go ahead and give out a salute. For those who are with us, uh, grab a drink, uh, grab whatever you have, and let's go ahead and do a salute. We say that uh, for those in the Nissan family uh, whom we wish good health, and for those we may have lost along the way, let us be reminded of them often. Guys with us, goodbye. Goodbye. Mm. So. Mm. Let me go ahead and say this, Miles, before we continue, mm-hmm. there was two call-outs, two shout-outs we thought it would be good to go ahead and, and do as well as part of our Kanpai. First is saying happy birthday to our buddy, uh, Mr. Ayan Dasgupta. Of course, you would say that he is our, you might call him the third man of the Nissan Nerd Podcast. Uh, we've got uh, here with us, uh, let's see if this works out here. There he is. All right, all right. So, uh, again, with Ion, uh, again, very much a a huge resource to the show. Uh, Again, an IT specialist for us, essentially. A fact checker. He's just just as much uh, a nerd uh, that we rely on as part of the show. Uh, We've got a few pictures, of course. Uh, This was last picture here was we were in, in, uh, actually, we were in New Mexico at that time. Mm -hmm. Of course, Miles with your, uh, your face app, Photoshop. Uh, you got him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was actually uh, in Atlanta. Uh, he fell asleep, or no, no, he he thinks he's asleep, and we threw a few magazines his way, just being funny with him. This one, Miles, did you take this picture? I don't know how the the camera angle. I don't on that recall one. this, but it was beautiful. All I know is whoever did it did some excellent uh, work. Yeah, that was. There's Ion in his zone. He so. that's that's the look. The look in this guy's eyes about a That's focus. It. He doesn't that screw Z32. around. That's yeah. it. So. We were at Branson doing that one. And then this other one was at uh, Super Lap Battle. Uh, yep. Me, him, of course. You guys pulled uh, that in 24 hours. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, a complete swap, man. So great times, of course. We want to give uh, a huge shout out to Ion. Happy birthday. Uh, other mention we wanted to give is another happy birthday to our buddy, uh, Harold Wickman. Uh, of course, man. Great time. We just saw him at Texas Z Fest. He traveled uh, from out of state to come be a part of the of uh, Texas Z Fest <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, earlier this month. Uh, he is actually the recent owner of a brand new Z that Rosewood yeah. uh, was that that 
purple-ish, you might call it, color. Yeah. Uh, uh, beautiful car. Uh, of course, him, he's been very much into the Z community. Uh, awesome guy. There he is. There's his car. Yeah. Um, again, great friend. Again, when, when I saw him at, when we saw him at Texas Z Fest, obviously just a great time uh, hanging out with him. So definitely want to give him some love uh, this yeah. evening. There's, uh, this is when we pulled that engine. He was he was my uh, my hoist accompanier. So he yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Right, right behind you. Yes, That's one of my yes. favorite photos. It was just we were pulling that nasty original nasty engine. It was just like he was right there with me. So, yeah, awesome guy, man. I I really yeah. enjoyed. Kudos yeah. to yeah. both those gentlemen. Happy birthday to both of them. Uh, we wish you many more years. So, absolutely right, man. Oh well, that's our comp by. Tell you what, man. While we're here, one more time, I'm gonna go and give another comp by again. Maybe not you, but me. Oh, to you. Okay. Mm. Get the juices rolling. So um, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and step in Nissan news. Um, you know, we're changing things up here a little bit on the format. We're actually going to be going to smaller amounts of news. And, uh, and just trying to focus a little bit heavier on some of the motorsports and giving an opportunity to talk about topics like tonight's uh, episode or interviews in the future. So you might start seeing us dwindle down to more important news um, in an effort to kind of save time and uh, just kind of keep the, the, the hype up on the show as we kind of move throughout the episode. So uh, some of the feedback we got some from, some from some of you. So we'll try that on that note. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Let's talk about Nissan news tonight. All right, man. Uh, the article that I want to share with you guys, uh, again, of course, I'll share my screen on this with you. Uh, is actually, you know, if, for those who might remember about this time last year, we did a mention uh, regarding uh, this um, event that was actually happening. Uh, now, you know, of course, a year later, this um, uh, what's happening here is, is in full effect. I believe this team is about one month into their expedition. Uh, and, of course, what I'm talking about here is a what they call the epic pole-to-pole electric vehicle expedition. And uh, this is actually happening. Uh, there are two uh, British adventurers, husband and wife team, Chris and Julie Ramsey. Uh, they are set to become the first people to drive from the North Pole to the South Pole, and they are doing this with the all-new Nissan Aria. Uh, This is a a huge feat. Uh, Again, never been done before. Uh, It's um, quite, I mean, as as you can imagine, this is quite an undertaking. Uh, In total, this excursion that's taking place as we speak uh, a total of 17,000 miles, driving through 14 countries. Uh, this event has actually been four years in the making. And so now, after all those years of hard work, uh, what you're seeing here is actually through the Nissan uh, media newsroom, where you can catch more of this, is that husband and wife team making their way uh, in into uh, essentially – Again, from north to south, uh, a huge, huge undertaking. Uh, they are in the all-new 2023 Nissan Aria. Actually, two, in fact. There is a modified Aria and then a stock one, uh, stock Aria, uh, that they're being used. The, the stock Aria essentially might be considered a support vehicle or uh, – Something maybe, to steal car parts off of. Maybe a donor. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, 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 like yes. Like a yes. rolling donor well, just – so. yeah. 
it's like well, you need a kidney keep keep a friend with you so you know you never know so yeah well, and you got to <laughs> think about it though you know is that you know first of all they had to get the vehicle as far north as possible first mm-hmm. uh and then set up camp uh, essentially getting started um and then find their way down. And one of the biggest challenges that you might imagine happening right now because uh, of this is that they're using an all-electric vehicle. Well, where are the latest charging stations? You know, you, Where's the power a, source? Yeah, You need to be very, very self-sufficient in this journey, not only against terrain, but again, power. Yeah. Um, so as you can see here from uh, some of the pictures in the, in the Nissan uh, newsroom, you can see they're, they're towing their own wind generator, which yeah. I think is awesome as hell. That's the nerd part of me thinking that's pretty freaking you know, cool, man. Yeah, exactly. It's actually a, um, a telescoping uh, wind fan. Isn't that nuts? So it actually kind of yes. it goes up and then it captures some wind and some juice, put it into the batteries, and then they're keeping on down the road or they're stopping and juicing up. So, again, there's no gas in this equation whatsoever they're towing along their gas provider so that's pretty cool so another thing too to think about too is um the temperatures of course it's very very cold uh and the terrain is one thing but very cold and really it's it's um a really good test to see how durable (laughs) electric vehicles are because you you think about temperature in general with the function of a battery and the life of of an ev battery in this case um it's got to be a, you know, one amazing type of test. I'm sure they're getting a bunch of data from this as well. Uh, Nissan is the official partner of this excursion, so this is what really, uh, really rang true to me as to something that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, I, I do need to share this with you as well. Uh, there are a few sites that you can go to to keep up with uh, the. Uh, with this uh, expedition, uh, one is the Pole. T- it's it's uh, their website. It is pole to poleev.com. And of course, you can see this site that we see here. Uh, and then, of course, you do have social media. I do see it here more of the uh, uh, Facebook channel. Uh, that's essentially where I've been getting my, my information. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one really, really cool thing, and honestly, this is a really interactive piece here, is that you can actually see from a live uh, uh, a map of the journey they've taken so far. And for those who can see what I have here online, uh, you can see that they are, I mean, literally from the North Pole, uh, essentially driving in through the, uh, you might say, the uh, western half of, of Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a number of interactive videos and pictures that you can actually click on, and those are actual pictures that they've uh, that the yeah. team has have taken. They, uh, I was watching it the other day. They they spotted a polar bear. Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, yes. it was one of the it was one of the first uh, the first couple of days, and it was like holy crap. And uh, they made a few comments about how the tires are doing really well in that uh, particular environment. So there's a lot that goes into this. I mean, and if you start thinking about all the dynamics that they're going to have, they're going to be going from a vast array of temperatures, terrains. So it's really kind of a test for the vehicle. It's a test for the uh, all the supplied uh, additional aftermarket things like tires. So we'll see how those hold up. So for all those people that are going to be out there getting the, or potentially p- 
picking up an Araya, it gives them an opportunity to say, well, if those guys don't pull the bowl, use these uh-huh. tires. Hell yeah, these are the tires and the and the setup that I'm going to use. Or are they going to learn from that and and modify and move on? So, I don't know. We're getting again. We're just in the we're in the dating phase of this whole pole to pole kind of getting started and moving on. Um, not too long before these folks kind of start dipping their way into the United States. I'm a, I would hope that they're going to do some kind of tour as they make their way through the United States and hopefully don't pass quickly through. Um, if anybody <laughs> is keeping up with these folks and has an opportunity to catch up with them when they start coming yes. through your area, whether it be Canada or the United States or even further South, um, definitely take photos let us know send them over here to the podcast um or again just give them a high five let them know that uh they're they got back um because yeah. i i you know when they first started this off that i could see the social media being small and now it's just growing and growing and growing all the time so we're just uh, we're going to keep sending them positive vibes and love and and try to make sure they've got all the support that they need from an emotional standpoint on our side speak speaking of the journey that you're talking about um uh as of the last post through their Facebook, uh, was only uh, a few days ago. Um, mm-hmm. They were near uh, Banff, um, Canada, which uh, again, very very close to the U.S. Yep. border. So you will yep. be seeing for those that are on, let's say, the uh, northwestern part of the U.S. You know, keep. I would say keep your eye on the live tracker. And how cool would it be to see this thing actually on the roads, making its way across? you know, the U S uh, and then getting into, um, uh, Central America, South America. Um, how cool it would be if they actually found their way closer, you know, in Texas, if we could, if they come through, man, we gotta, we gotta, so we gotta do the whole above the highway. Oh, the whole like banner, banner (laughs) and everything else. Yeah, we gotta. Yes. So we'll see if we Uh, do, you know, we'll pipe dream it, but hopefully these folks (laughs) pass through some point and we get an opportunity to kind of see them or cheer them on in some capacity. So, yes, uh, man, we, we, we support the team again. uh, They've got an amazing journey that they've been on. They have a long way to go. I should, we should let people know that this, they are not considering this as a race, but more of a mindful journey of discovery. uh, They call it uh, learning and hope to uh, share uh, inspiring stories uh, to, uh, uh, of course, they did mention the need uh, for uh, tackling the climate crisis and just letting people know what EVs are capable of, and most particularly a Nissan EV is is capable of. So uh, I definitely, yeah, like you said, let's uh, let's root them on, and I think what we'll be doing here in the uh, uh, upcoming weeks and episodes, I should say, uh, we'll go ahead and check in on them, see where they're at. Uh, again, they've, yeah. they've got, I'm sure, many more, uh, a few more months to go. You know, this, this They've got quite a, a journey on their hands, especially if they take it in their own time, which is what they should do. That's what this is all about. So uh, Aman chimed in. He said, lots of haters on this expedition, um, but I absolutely love it. The haters are the ones against electrical advancement naturally. And I, I would probably agree 100% with Aman on that one. Um, it's just, you know, if you can't respect it, you know, to me, it's a, it's one of those human, uh, the, uh, the, the human spirit uh, stories to me, as much as it is a Nissan a romanticized story of traveling the world. I mean, to me, it's, it hits both buttons or checks both boxes for me. So I can't, yes. I, I can't see this being nothing but win. So how can you knock that? I mean, that's people are doing, yeah. they're, they're following again, four years in the making and to actually be doing it now, like 
regardless of the power source, regardless you know, of, the, of what's under the, the hood, it doesn't matter. It's still a very the cool story. They're, so they're doing it, man. Yes, exactly. All right. You know, um, you mentioned comments. earlier that uh, Nissan was, you know, uh, really keeping a close eye because uh, they're getting a lot of testing opportunities and uh, a way to get some potential development and test and tune, if you will, from this vehicle as it makes its journey. Um, but, you know, Nissan's no, um, they're no stranger um, to testing and torturing vehicles. Um, I, it was funny. I, I mean, there's a lot of Nissan news that's out. Nothing that I really wanted to kind of pull from. <laughs> but uh, there was a really old article that just happened to come up on my feed. And it was actually from 2015. But it still made me kind of blush. And we were... We were kind of talking offline about the pole to pole about Nissan getting again that that advancement from uh, from all the ability for this vehicle driving, um, you know, and, and all the the practicality and the, uh, the the benefit information that they're getting. But Nissan again is no stranger to torturing their vehicles. Um, Jalopnik actually had a very old article um, that we uh, we mentioned um, pre Nissan nerd, but <laughs> I, I mentioned in my articles. And it was actually talked about how Nissan torture tests um, some of its uh, SUV vehicles back at that time, mainly the Juke, uh, the Kashkwai, which uh, isn't in our market, but the X-Trail crossovers as well. Um, so I'm going to give you out a few lists of some stuff that they hmm. did with their vehicles. Um, and if you want to bring up the article, you're more than welcome to. I'll do but, that. Sure. And I'll read some excerpts from it. So Nissan issued a press release explaining that they're crossover testing methods, and it just is kind of insane. So um, they, they, you know, obviously some of these are obvious, but then some of these are a little more like, wow. So they ran 1.4 million test miles just to make sure that their suspensions are up for the job. And that is no surprise for, uh, for us. Most manufacturers are going to send their prototypes um, around the world X amount of times so they can kind of get that. But what they really test is all the extra little creature comforts. All the toughest testing is nothing compared to what stereo systems had to go through with <laughs> Nissan. So Nissan actually ha has a test at that time was they were playing the stereo at high volume for a total of 1,200 days. That's 1,728,000 minutes using specifically selected music tracks to encompass the widest range of pitch and beat. What would those things be? A compilation of Mariah Carey and German house music. <laughs> Slammed together. I swear to God. And they basically just closed the doors on that. All the time, um, they they are uh, they are sub subduing that vehicle to not only that noise, they're also running volcanic ash in the interior, the the vents, and they have um, uh, as well. They have uh, uh, robots that are pushing the buttons when to go up and down um, over the third thousand model. That's a minimum. It just that's wow. kind of crazy. They have a robot that opens up the bonnet 1.2 million times. That's 40. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, lifting the bonnet. Uh, it's that's fucking excuse me. That's crazy. That's just it, it blows my mind. The window wipers. They spend 480 hours fighting with the rain, snow and peanut butter. Peanut butter. 
peanut butter. What are they doing with peanut butter on the windshield? Rubbing, pe- rubbing peanut butter on the wipers um, because uh, bears like to kind of chew and pull wipers, wiper arms. So they okay. rub on the wiper arms to let bears basically beat the crap out of them. So they'll they'll take. So a I don't know if they have a Nissan specific bear. Yeah. <laughs> is this bear on, on yeah. payroll? Yeah, is this a... <laughs> I don't know um, if there's a Tinkerbell or, uh, you know, a Bobo so, equivalent so, bear that, you know, gets paid in retired circus bear, yeah. Sub-retired bear, you know, he's on his latter part of his year, so he's a little easier on the wipers. But <laughs> needless to say, for them to go that level is pretty uh, pretty epic. So, um, so if, and it's funny at the end of the article, so here's an idea for you. If you have a Nissan crossover, get a bear, put some <laughs> lipstick on it, churn your stereo to 11 playing Mariah Carey's fantasy slash German house beat and lock those doors. Um, and you know, I'm going to make this relevant and bring it up to speed, potentially give that bear cocaine. And and then boom, <laughs> and then see see how that test works out for you. There you go. Um, yeah. In, in, in the newest crossover compared to the old types. Now, what they are doing these days with the cutbacks? Maybe they cut back the bear. Maybe they're not using you know peanut butter on wipers, or they're going to maybe softer music. But I can tell you, the 2015 era of SUV vehicles were put through the ringer which is why they're so amazing now as secondhand vehicles. So that's all I'm going to say about that. That's so. a good point, man. Again, uh, uh, I, I think, obviously, I think Japanese vehicles, uh, manufacturers have, have uh, a, quite a reputation for being super reliable. Um, <laughs> again, the endurance tests, like you said, those are some insane endurance tests that Nissan is putting uh, through its, uh, onto its cars. I well, we, said, we, yeah. we talked about the, uh, the kid who was the, um, uh, the intern, the intern, the smell kid, or oh, no, no, the, the one that was going through traffic. Even he was monitoring yeah. traffic. Patterns. He gets paid to sit in traffic in one of the new Nissan vehicles. That's his gig. That's his whole job. And so. like I said, it, and, and he said it has to do with the creature comforts like sound radio. What wipers. about the, you remember the nose guy? I remember you, you remember that yes. guy? Yes, he, him, and then there was a also another uh, person uh, in Europe doing the same thing. Uh, they were doing uh, deciding what the smell of a new vehicle of a new Nissan, sh- what it should smell like, what it, what kind of emotions it should give you when you enter that vehicle, which is quite again a very detailed way to um, to to invest in a car uh, to. to um, so that a customer actually feels like this car is doing it for him, you know? That's it. Then our new cruising music and Mariah Carey's butterfly slash German house music. That is going to be what our new cruising anthem is going to be just really? so we can figure out the torture test amongst ourselves. You know what? How, we should see we how should tough test we ourselves. are. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I know, okay, let's just talk about Mariah Carey for a second. She's got <laughs> range, right? I hate it. Just you like that. I mean? Garage door uh, yeah, open yeah, somewhere. Just, just like it. that. I'm thinking that, and I'm thinking like I was thinking like Axl Rose. Like you know, he's got range too. Think, but it's think. But, all right, maybe. I don't know. I don't wow. know. But uh, maybe, maybe the octaves. It's all about the octaves. Man. All right, they comments. Lows, if you got, if you have a torture test for a stereo system, I want a, I want an artist. I want an album. 
and give us that, and then we'll uh, we'll see if that hits the criteria of a you good know, torture test for your album. next next road trip that we go on. We need to go ahead and dedicate uh, a particular amount of time. Will we go live? It. And it can only be at eleven. That's it. It's got to be. Yes, it's got to be. You can't hit any fast forward. Can it's literally super glue <laughs> the dials just like they do and uh and that's it that's how we're gonna roll so we'll okay. see how it goes from there okay but 1200 hours of mariah carries that's four years i mean think about 365 days a year that's that's uh close to four years of testing now well 1200 days you said 1200 1200 days, right? hours oh uh, no days. 1200 days that's well, not yeah 1200 days yeah what did i say I'm looking at the Jalopnik article right now, man. Yeah, I wonder what the HR department days. had to do. Like, they were just like, look, man, I can't take it. Like, we have to complete this test, Jeff. I know, but but I can't take this anymore. Like, transfer me you know, out or this, do something. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- then I start, I start thinking about, like, what, what – um, what the FBI does to torture, or the CIA <laughs> does to torture, to torture people like Guantanamo this, Bay kind of yeah, stuff. It was just it, like, yeah. Are they? Are they? You know what I mean? Is like, is this where they're getting their tactics from? But I want to say Nissan may have hired uh, somebody who's a former military strategist or military. Uh, I'm gonna say Nissan has has also kicked up their level of uh, of quality testing, and, and this is all behind closed doors because they're no longer telling anybody like trade secret. I'm going to say cocaine and bears and peanut butter are still involved, but uh, <laughs> just to make it relevant, because they might think, hey, cocaine bears in the United States are a thing. So maybe we just need to get like maybe they're just using like, you know, not to hurt the bear. They're probably just like street grade cocaine or something like that. But I don't know. Or or <laughs> low maybe grade, just low grade. Low yeah. grade. Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> like or maybe no dose, you know, just something like that or, or just like a like a like a slow pour espresso or something like that i don't know we'll figure it out but uh mm-hmm. aman said cocaine bear yes cocaine bear is a uh, very topical right now Birdomatic yeah, matic gave a suggestion on an album we said steve miller bands fly like an eagle Oof. Right. yeah right. right it's that that's that's doable i could probably do that album for for that one i'm gonna say like the ultimate torture test an album that's just horribly bad worse Ooh. oh man I don't know. We'll we'll let that we'll let that fester and we'll uh, we'll go through because that's a long, dirty topic we can talk about forever. <laughs> but uh, on that note, um, so Nissan obviously puts all this love into their cars and dedication to trying to put the best quality um, unit um, that they can out there on the streets. But again, sometimes there is the occasional um, hole in the net, if you will. And that does come through. Now, in this episode, it's been a while since we've done these. But, uh, Mike, you've got the most recent updates on PSAs, right? I sure do. Uh, guys, uh, of course, uh, as part of our studying uh, and trying to find the most recent Nissan news articles, I think, Miles, I can speak for the both of us that when we say when we see news of a recall, it sort of is mandatory that we share this with those who listen uh, just as a courtesy uh, if they are uh, – a, an owner of, of one of these vehicles. So uh, there is one recall that we will go ahead and share with you guys uh, this uh, this evening. Uh, Nissan is recalling the 2023 uh, Rogue Pathfinder and uh, Infinity QX60. 
Uh, the reason for this is a potential defect in the driver seat frame, the welds of that driver seat frame, which can cause uh, separation in a collision. Uh, it is, according to this article, a uh, rear inboard seat bracket. Uh, in total, the estimated number of vehicles affected are about 12,000. Uh, there is no easy way to detect the issue, uh, whether or not your vehicle has this issue. So what Nissan is advising is that you do have your seats uh, inspected at the nearby dealership by a service technician. If this recall is detected in your vehicle, they, of course, will work to remove uh, and replace uh, this defect. Service time to do that should, should take less than two hours uh, to correct. Uh, if Again, for those who aren't... Um, uh, notices from Nissan should be coming out here uh, no later than June. However, of course, we got your back on this one, guys. Uh, this is hopefully you heard it first with us. Again, this is for the 2023 Nissan Rogue Pathfinder and Infiniti QX60 uh, for the seat issues. So if you're driving uh, uh, one of these vehicles and you kind of feel something loose in your seat, you know what? You you might it might be more than just a hunch. Uh, you might want to go ahead and get that checked out. Yeah. And, you aren't wrong in this case. Yeah, you know, Nissan, <clears throat> some may say, why are these guys talking about recalls and everything? Because recalls are safety and they're very important. Um, you know, we want to make sure that you enjoy the life of your vehicle um, here uh, on the show. Um, we, you know, we want to make sure that the brand is always stay strong. But at the same time, these recalls are usually completely 100% free. And at the end of the day, it's all about safety and making sure that your vehicle is updated to the best that it can be. So th that's why we try to talk about these recalls and, and whatnot. So you're right. You're right. Yep. 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 So let's go ahead and talk a little bit. Um, I guess we're done with uh, recalls at the moment. Uh, thankfully, there's not a whole lot other ones that are out there. So we're going to talk a little bit about motorsports from here, um, which oh, is yeah. definitely what I want to talk about more than. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit about um, what's happening for Super GT. Now, Super GT, as of late, um, has finally kicked off. I know we were talking about it in February and we're like, it felt like it was going to take forever before we got into April and the first race, but the round one has now begun, uh, has just finished actually um, for the super GT and Nissan oh. surprisingly had a great result. And I'm here to kind of talk to you a little bit about that result today. So I'm going to run a little uh, YouTube video in the background. Um, as you can see. Sure. Got it. Catch that. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the results from uh, this week, uh, this past weekend, um, just recently. So again, that was the 15th and the 16th. Um, so it's been more than a week, but needless to say. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the 300 series. Um, now, again, we've got GTRs in the 300 uh, series. And then, of course, in the 500 series, Nissan is fielding uh, Nissan Zs. Um, with, of course, the uh, new Nissan Z being the official pace car. Um, which is awesome. So there's a lot of nice Z and GTR love in this uh, in this new series. Now let's talk a little bit about qualifying. And pretty much the whole weekend was a pretty 
uh, rainy weekend. Saturday, uh, the 15th, was an extremely rainy day, um, which caused a lot of frustration for some drivers and a lot of uh, moving around things um, to make sure that they were trying to finish in the in the points uh, or finish where they needed to be for qualifying. Saturday, kind of off and on. So I just wanted to kind of lay down what kind of a race weekend this was. Now, in the 300, in the 300 series for qualifying, Again, this was on the 15th. Um, it, it turned out that the Realize Nissan Mechanic Challenge GTR, which we were hoping was usually going to be finishing in the in the, in the money and qualifying, um, didn't really have the best uh, turnout that day. Um, they ended up taking eighth. Um, and 13th place was the Gainer Tanax GTR. Everybody else from there is a little further down the line, uh, unfortunately not kind of getting where we wanted to be. Um, now in qualifying for Saturday, was um in the 500 series um this was actually remarkable the nitira motul z um ended up putting in first and the Ooh. the motul altec z came in second so they were actually leading the leading the line in that regards and they were so fast on the pace they were almost a second ahead of the third place um so those two kind of just took off for the day and then that was out in qualifying for the day yeah. that and for those who aren't familiar with racing, a one-second gap uh, between cars or much less the others in a field is um, very, very impressive. Typically, you might see a few tenths or a few thousandths of, an, of a uh, lap. Um, that's quite, quite a feat, Miles, honestly. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the race day. Now, as you can see uh, in some of this right here, the first part of the day was pretty dry. And then from here, um, just about, I would say, lap 16 on, it starts to get on and off. And then it just goes into a full-on monsoon at the end of this race. Uh, but I'm, uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about how the day ended for these guys. Now... In the um, uh, for the 300 series, and I'll just give you that because I'm just going to show you the 500, uh, the 500 series for the day, and not the 300 because we didn't have the best results. But for the race in the 300 series, 10th place for um, came out for the realized Nissan Mechanic uh, Mechanic Challenge GTR. Um, they ended up mm -hmm. falling down from eighth into tenth, um, and okay. then 11th place, the Ponos Gainer GTR. Um, wound up sitting there for the day um, and kind of a few DNFs um, for, for the other Tanax gainer GTRs. Unfortunately, they had some enough, no real damage, but just enough to kind of put them out for the day um, because uh, the, the race actually um, is halted a little bit later on um, just shy of a few laps before the finish. Now going into the 500 series, this is where it kind of gets remarkable. As you can see right here in lap 15, those two Zs, the Motualtec Z and the Niteria Motul Z are running out. Now, this is a crucial part of the race, okay. which kind of gets crazy. So both neck and neck, as you can see there, this is only lap 15. So one pulls off while the other one stays on track. Now, this is going to be crucial later on because right after this, the rain comes. Um, so he, he uh, and this is the Motul Altex Z that pulls off. And then to the, over here to the other, who's still on field is the Nitra Motul Z. And this is kind of crucial because of what happens here next. Now, this is lap 15. Uh, the Motul Altex 
Z's going in for tire change because it knows that the rain is coming on. You can see some of the spots on the uh, um, on the camera. It's going to start raining and coming on. So he jumps the gun and gets in front of everybody and gets out there and puts some some new new uh, some rain tire in kind of just makes now from here you got your spinoffs again that's an axe gtr that's going to end it for that car in the uh, 300 series again 300 500 running at the same time and as you can see the nitera motul z comes in for tire change and this is somebody else has come for a tire change and this is where so as you saw both of them were kind of in the lead but the Nitira Z drops back because it actually gets stuck in the pits um, oh, right here. Because no. the remember that Snacks GTR rolled off? Yes. Remember? You see, you just saw it a second ago? So yep. what happens right here? All these cars are going to get stuck. Uh, so they literally have a red light, as you can see on the halt. Every entire lead is kind of stopped. And it just causes, and it, you've got a yellow that's going out for the course. So they'll continue so they, to run from here, but that Nitera Z has got to, and then, yeah. So and then this Morelli, um, which is uh, previously the uh, Impul Z. Calsonic Impul. It's got a bit of a fight on its hands as well. Yeah, the Morelli Rep Bluzy, wow. it, it fights yeah. a strong battle for the entire day. But unfortunately, it just it, it's kind of just getting passed and passed and passed. And look at those that are crazy as the day goes on. And I'll give forward here, and you can kind of see how the rain's kind of going back and forth and back and forth. And those that kind of stayed on, on rain tires, and there's the Morelli. And that's the realized GTR that actually went out. My apologies. Gotcha. gotcha. Here we get a little closer. The um, the race actually ends up getting called just a few more after that. Um, oh. And this is the full on caution. And they red light the entire race. So, so it's 60. The, the they, race... they stopped the race yeah. short of uh, 82 full laps. So, uh, so Yeah, because they're starting uh, to get cars that are going off. It just wasn't safe out there. Okay, so the race was called short uh, at that point. So you're saying, of course, the GT500 mm-hmm. class, Z's qualified a 1-2. Uh, then you get into the race. Uh, yeah, how, how did the... Uh, the well, that's what I'm going to get finish? into next yeah, year. Yeah, so yeah. the so how, how did the final end? It's crazy because the Nitera Motul Z was leading qualifying the day before. It actually switched because of that whole tire transition. Really, yeah. it, it switched the Motul Z to be the one on top. So the Motul Altec Z ended up taking um, first place with the best lap of uh, 1 minute, 20 seconds, 0.712 um, at the track um, there at Okayama. And then the Nitera uh, Motul Z ended up uh, taking second place for the day. So it's, we both, we took in both places, first and second, but they just switched uh, due to that whole oh. tire snafu and uh, with the weather and everything for the day. So yeah, a good result wow. for Nissan overall for the day. So yeah. That's that's great, man. He said, this is the first uh, round of the season. What a hell of a start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hell of a start, man. Yeah, so uh, here's the two uh, first and second place drivers. 
kind of figuring everything out and they come to the realization that they they have it for the day so they're marking well walking to the circle pretty much the yeah so uh, our next awesome. race that's going to be coming up here, uh, we've got a little bit of time. Uh, May 3rd, this upcoming weekend, uh, we'll actually be at Fuji Speedway. Um, and it'll it take place again May 3rd and 4th. We'll keep you updated um, and try to get you some fresh links once the English versions are now available and made available through YouTube. I see. I see. I see. All right. All right. <laughs> Man, great coverage, man. I appreciate you sharing that, man. I can, uh, upcoming, upcoming, uh, rounds, uh, let's hope that Nissan keeps it up and that hopefully we get some great weather, uh, mm -hmm. throughout the entire race. So I know, <laughs> I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, all right, man. Uh, well, you know, next up on the chopping block here for motorsports update, I'll take the next one miles. Uh, what I wanted to cover is the, uh, formula E, uh, the, uh, Nismo, uh, uh, Nissan Formula E team, uh, their efforts uh, in Formula E. So we'll go ahead and get into it. I'll share my screen on this. Uh, you know, like I said, it's been a while since we've done a motorsports update. So we're going to just jump into what, where the team currently is standing. Uh, just this past weekend, uh, there was a competition uh, rounds seven and eight. It was a doubleheader at the Tempelhof Airport Circuit in Berlin, Germany. Nissan uh, Formula E team uh, honestly had a challenging weekend, uh, and we'll get into details on that. Uh, but first, let's start off with round seven. Uh, that was on this past Saturday, the tw April 22nd. Our two drivers, Sasha Fenestras and Norman Naito, uh, qualified. Uh, let's, start with, let's start off with uh, Sasha first. Uh, he qualified 18th uh, and finished uh, in uh, P12. Um Getting on to Norman, uh, qualified a little bit better, uh, Q16, and finished uh, in 13th place. Um, I should say, I should go ahead and say that most, both of these races uh, were quite, you might say, uneventful uh, as far as their driving. Uh, didn't didn't exactly have much um, much to worry about in terms of uh, contact. Uh, they both finished each race so that's always a a, 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 a a bonus you know to to win a race you must first finish the race so that's uh the way i'm looking at it here um again round seven uh finishing 12th and 13th place uh did not bring any points for nissan on that day of course you have to finish p10 or uh or 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 under uh Getting into Sunday, which was the round eight, also, again, same track. Uh, Sasha came in. He qualified uh, 20th and finished P11, which is a huge jump. Actually, actually, if you look at the numbers, that was the biggest jump that uh, our team had uh, throughout a race. Uh, and then Norman, uh, our second driver, qualified 22nd and finished 16th. Again, not bringing in any points for the team this weekend, though, however, did uh, experience a, a complete race uh, again. Uh, uh, no, nothing out of the ordinary when it comes to contact with other cars, uh, etc. Um, like I said, it, as you can see from these from these positions and where they finished in the race, uh, there was uh, really good pace within the cars. Uh, but honestly, it's it's in qualifying that they struggle. 
you know, they, they start off rather low on the grid, rather far back on the grid. And it isn't until the race that they can kind of really show what they're, the promise that they, that they have. Uh, from the Nismo article, which I have here, I'll go ahead and recap a few pieces. Uh, essentially, uh, a lot of pros and cons, um, uh, let's say here, the, um, uh, the pros of the race here, uh, as, as quoted here, was that uh, the team has good race strategy. As you can tell, they, they have good pace. Uh, they finish in a higher position from which they started. Uh, also, there was a really good compliment on their power management ability uh, within the, uh, on the cars, uh, looking pretty good. Uh, the issues from which they think they are struggling with, uh, two of them here, one is tire uh, degradation during the race. Uh, they're saying that they need to improve on. But I think the biggest uh, struggle that they've had uh, here in these last two races were uh, uh, there was a particular set of upgrades that the team was expecting to have with their cars by this race. Uh, however, not all of them made it uh, on time uh, for this particular race. Uh, and they were all performance related. And so... Uh, I think it really is what brought around a uh, uh, a major difference into where we saw ourselves, uh, uh, our actual racing positions at the end of the weekend. So uh, honestly, I believe it's a matter of uh, continuing with these upgrades, getting them on the cars uh, and, and reliable uh, as quickly as possible. And then obviously uh, there are uh, seven more rounds left in the 2023 season. And so you know, we're just under the half, we're just past the halfway point, but still plenty of promise that we can try to get uh, from our Nissans uh, in, in this series. Uh, our standings, though, uh, we are 15th and 19th as uh, our drivers stand uh, at 15th and 19th. Uh, and Nissan is currently in 10th place as a constructor, having 18 points. So, again, a little low, but again, staying optimistic for this second half of the season. Um, meanwhile, I do want to say one thing, of course, the McLaren Formula E team, uh, for those who don't know, is powered by Nissan. So I think it's a, a good thing that we share their race results as well. Uh, their two drivers are actually doing better. They're sitting at ninth and 10th position in this, in the driver standings. And okay. McLaren as itself is uh, sixth place as a constructor currently with 72 points. So in terms of their success with their Nissan power plant, uh, seem to be doing uh, a little bit of a better time, but again, for us being Nissan enthusiasts, I figured it's it's important that we that we give uh, notice into that. So there is a lot of potential with these cars. It's just a matter of getting things just dialed in at the right time. Um, uh, moving into the next round. Next round is actually happening about a week and a half from now. This is May sixth. It is a single race. We are going to be at the historic Monaco Street Circuit, of course, uh, in France, off the coast of France. It is a two-mile circuit, 19 turns. This will be the third year that Formula E is at this location. It is the full circuit, similar to what you'd see uh, at a Formula One race, just for example. Um, it's a very, very tight circuit for those who know Monaco. Always yeah. has been. Uh, someone had recently uh, quoted it as uh, it's like riding your bike in the living room that's kind of how they <laughs> it's true man like if you it, even when you when you hear about Monaco on F1 it's like Jesus Christ these guys like 
it, it, everything is a wall. Everything's a tight hairpin. And it's just like, holy crap. It's a, it's right there. Everything. It just wants to kill you and destroy you and put you into a wall and a spin out. And then an elevation change thrown in there too, as well. It's like, good God. The, like, a lot of the street circuits, especially Monaco, it does not leave much, um, opportunity for, for overtaking. Mm-mm. And so, uh, qualifying is very, very important. So, as we were talking earlier here with the Formula E team, if they can really figure out their challenges with qualifying and, and get a better uh, starting position, they should hopefully, yes, uh, complete this race in a, in a better, uh, hopefully with points is really what we're looking for uh, to, to get in better, uh, better position uh, for the series. Um, again, of course, we wish them the best of luck. And uh, we'll be keeping up with them uh, with on as we get into the upcoming episodes of ours. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, an update for an event that we keep near and dear to our heart. It's uh, the Nissan Challenge, uh, which is actually here in the United States, uh, West Coast mainly. Um, but they're slowly developing and branching out. But again, let's talk a little bit about um, what the series has had this year. Now, again, this is an eight-round series. Um, it started off in February, February 11th to be exact. Um, currently right now, they had just finished up this earlier part of this month was the third round, uh, which was held at Button Willow Raceway Park. Um, the next upcoming round is going to be round four uh, here in June at Willow Springs International. But I want to talk a little bit about what the recent developments have, have been and talk a little bit about just standings and some updates. Now, um, with that being said, there's always records that can be set and we always look for who beat whose time uh, from the pre-existing year. And it uh, again has happened again this year. Um, so I did want to give a shout out on some of the uh, current uh, records that were broken uh, just recently uh, in some of the pre-existing rounds in the streets of Willow for class one, Charles Parks in his uh, GTR um, actually uh, broke one of his best times here back in uh, February. I also want to give him a, a shout out to that time. And then he also came back and broke his time um, just last month at Chuck Walla Valley Raceway. Um, so he's improving and constantly um, stepping up, as you would think, uh, Mr. Charles Parks, uh, owner of Power Tricks Performance. Um, so we're going to keep uh, sending good vibes his way and wish him the best of luck as he moves up and keeps hitting what he needs to hit for his class one. Now there's actually four classes uh, this year um, uh, officially, and that was class one. Class two, uh, we've had some developments and additional record breaking. Uh, Luke Lederman um, in February, uh, Streets of Willow, um, he ended up breaking his uh, the best time or the track record. Um, oh, wow. And he took the lead for that one. And let me see here. And in class three, um, Adam Zia uh, uh, in his Z33 in February um, broke the record in his class for the Streets of Willow. And let's see nice. here. And there was one more. Mario Hinojosa uh, driving a 370Z um, broke the record at Chuckwalla Valley Raceway um, in last month. Um, class wow. four, let's see what we've got here, which is the, the mixer, uh, the, you know, the all in of just awkward vehicles, um, which I love, uh, Edgar Freeman, a good friend of the show. Um, yeah. he actually, um, ended up breaking the record over at streets of Willow, um, for the class, uh, class four. Um, so kudos to him. 
and that's it. So I wanted to give a shout out to Mr. Edgar Freeman and all the other uh, folks that um, kept pushing the envelope for their classes. We wish them the best again. Uh, Challenge series, you can continue to monitor it. Um, we like to always recommend checking out their Facebook posts um, and just signing up for it because it'll keep you updated. And there's some really good photo coverage that is kind of coming out of that um, as the series begins to grow. We're hoping that they start getting a lot more video footage. And then you can also check out their blog um, through corner3motorsports.com. And again, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, what I was going to say, though, too, how you mentioned um... – uh, Edgar Furman uh, and, and John, uh, we actually had a recent episode with them earlier this year as they were entering the uh, uh, their 2023 season. A great bunch of guys. It sounds from what you mentioned, uh, one of the key words I keep on he hearing you say was uh, beating their track record or their <laughs> it's, personal it's record. It's them beating, beating everybody else, but then you got to beat your better time. You're, you're racing yourself nine yeah. times out of ten. And these are a very low key group of guys. Like you would think that it's like, Oh, it's competitive and everything out. But the reality is they're just kind of one big family after talking with them. And they're always trying to um, help the new people that are getting into it, yeah. getting them developed and, and kind of moving on from there. So it's, it really is kind of like one big driver's meeting, but it just happens to be all Nissan specific, which is something that kind of chimes for us really well. So again, if you have an opportunity to follow this series, we highly recommend it. Um, again, you have the new uh, series that's coming up. You still have rounds three. Um, that is going to be the next, excuse me, um, round four, which will be at June 3rd at Willow Springs International, round five, Button Willow Raceway, round six, back to Willow Springs, um, for the streets of uh, Willow Springs. And then around seven, Chuckwaller Valley Raceway. And finally, finishing up around December, Button Willow Raceway. So these are very spaced out. It still gives you an opportunity to kind of check these folks out. If you want to start learning the ins and outs and being competitive in that group, you're more than welcome to check out, uh, again, um, everything for the series through the Facebook page. Or you can get updates through the corner3motorsports.com page. Awesome, man. So that's awesome. Yeah, again, uh, definitely look forward to seeing them more. Again, great group of guys. If you are in the Southern California area uh, and care to even just be a spectator, if you have the remotest, the most remote piece of interest in tracking uh, your Nissan, this is a great opportunity. You really are fortunate to, be, to come see these guys. So awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, well, I got the next one, Miles. This is, I think this will wrap up our motorsports segment. Uh, the last uh, series we want to cover as part of our motorsports update is the GT4 uh, America uh, series. Um, I will uh, share my screen on this one. Let's go with it. There we go. All right. So, um, the... I just want to preface the GT4 America series is rather new to me. Uh, and the reason why is because this is actually Nissan's uh, first time in a long time to actually be a competitor in GT4. Of course, they are bringing out the GT4 spec Nissan Z, which has um, uh, they recently had review uh, debuted uh, at SEMA uh, late last year. And uh, just earlier this month was their first uh, competition with their uh, pair of cars. Um, the, the 
the the racing team which uh, is running these Z's is actually Tech Sport. Tech Sport Racing, uh, their two entries, the number 22 and 23 car. Uh, let's start off with car number 22. The drivers are Eric Powell and Colin Harrison. And then for the number 23 car, our, our buddy Brian Heidkotter and Tyler Stone, uh, drivers of that car. So um, this uh, race, uh, this last uh, earlier this month was at the Sonoma Raceway in uh, California. Uh, the, one of the things I learned, of course, uh, similar to how you mentioned miles and the, uh, G super GT series, there are multiple classes racing at the same time. Uh, and GT four America is no different. Uh, in, in fact, there are four classes of, uh, uh, of cars competing <laughs> at the same time. And you're absolutely right. Traffic, you know, depending on the size and the length of the, tr of the, uh, the track, um, you know, every track's different. You get varying degrees of traffic. Uh, so uh, it was very, very interesting to see. Um, and this particular race, to the what I recall, was uh, a decent amount of uh, of uh, yellow flag. Uh, honestly, uh, your cars spinning out, hitting the wall, trying to get these cars uh, and drivers uh, back to safety, while still uh, uh, completing the the required number of laps uh to, to to race and to complete this uh the races so uh the field in general a number of cars uh in these races at sonoma or in this series for this for 2023 uh, about just over 40 cars in total it's a rather big grid like you said um let's go ahead and start with the number 23 car here uh the big uh so the number 22 car qualified uh, Q1, uh, uh, sorry, in qualifying one, they qualified uh, 27th place, finished uh, 28th. Uh, the number 23 car qualified uh, uh, 43rd, but finished P25. Uh, honestly, the big day, the day that you really want to have um, uh, the, where you saw the, the most uh, success that uh, our team had what was uh, on Sunday, um, car number 22 uh, started uh, in uh, 31st place and uh, finished, this is the raw data here, um, uh, P4. However, they finished third in their class. So actually, in the first race of the season, Nissan had a podium win, uh, a trophy. Uh, again, champagne sprayed, very, very much a, a, a huge moment for the team. Of course, Car number 23 qualified uh, 23rd and finished in P6. So uh, on that Sunday race, you could say that our Nissan cars uh, finished uh, third place and sixth place, which was a uh, excellent showing here. Uh, again, uh, number 22 car driven by Eric Powell and Colin Harrison finished third in their class, fourth overall. Uh, Brian Hodcotter and Tyler Stone in the number 23 uh, Z car finished 7th in their class and 13th overall. Uh, again, with a very heavy field, as you mentioned, Miles, though, again, a very excellent first showing. So, uh, again, uh, these results were uh, uh, the race uh, completed earlier this month. So for any of you guys that have been on social media, I'm sure you saw the results, the celebrations, the uh, uh, the hugs from the team. I mean, it really was a... Uh, a, a very good time for the team and uh, again social media just uh 
uh, was was sure to share uh, the great news uh, for uh, the the tech sport racing team at Sonoma. Uh, moving on, though, uh, the next race uh, uh, will actually happen this upcoming weekend, April twenty eighth through the thirtieth. Uh, this uh, uh, race will be at the Nola Motorsports Park in Louisiana. What you can do is go to the uh, GT4 America website for more details. There's also social media where you can get uh, information uh, about the racing. Um, there is live coverage that you can find uh, specifically, I believe, for me personally, having gone through the YouTube channel. Um, honestly, again, with su having such a strong showing uh, at Sonoma, uh, for me personally, we're really looking forward to seeing uh, the Nissan team continue this this dominance. Like you said, we're seeing the new Z being very dominant in Super GT, uh, even in Japan. You know what? If we can keep this up here in the U.S., I mean, it really is a a, a good, uh, an amazing testament to uh, the Z's ability to to win and and its um, uh, in, in its in its performance. You know. Um. Last thing I had here, though, guys, is that for those who are uh, planning to attend uh, the GT4 racing uh, at NOLA Motorsports Park uh, this weekend, there is actually a car corral that is model-specific. So a Nissan car corral has been organized uh, at the Motorsports Park. Um, I actually got a page here on that. Again, Nissan car corral at NOLA Fanatec GT World Challenge America. Uh, date and times here, uh, uh, we'll go ahead and include these links in our show notes to kind of get let you guys know where you can register to be a part of this car corral. Um, uh, again, it it's an opportunity for us as enthusiasts to share our love and enthusiasm for, for the race team, uh, again, in, in Louisiana this, this weekend. So um, it will be happening pretty soon here. So, guys, if, again, if you are online, let's uh, – uh, let's root for them, and uh, we'll have the results for you guys in the next in the next episode. <laughs> Very good. Mm -hmm. Well, that concludes everything that we're going to talk about here from motorsports. And today, um, we're going to bring back something that we normally don't do uh, enough of. Really, it's in, and that's our back alley chat. Mm -hmm. And uh, back alley chat, we wanted <laughs> to kind of talk a little bit about, you know just ridiculous stuff from time to time. And we started talking about weight savings as I kind of like to harp on from time to time. Yeah. And so me and Mike decided to really dive into our lightweight lug nuts and service. Um, you know, how important are those? Are they, how are, should you be going steel? Should you be going aluminum? You know, what other aspects should you go for good nut safety? And then, of course, anti-theft issues as well. So we're just going to kind of tackle this all together and talk a little bit about nuts, what you should <laughs> probably use, what applications work best for you. And then um, let's talk a little bit about safety as well. So so for the average street guy, I mean, most people, when we talk about lug nuts, they're mostly a concern about theft for the most part. So if you're like this poor GTR that's behind us, who's unfortunately had its shoes stolen, um, there was probably a concern with locking lug nuts uh, would have been a preventative scenario with this. So 
let's talk a little bit about locking lug nuts. And then we're going to talk a little bit about for those more extreme cases for people that are trying to lose weight and whatnot. So if you have a street vehicle for the most part, everybody or everybody should know that it's good to probably alternate to a set of security locks. I personally on a street setup, love the stock security lugs because they're almost impossible to replicate. And and you're they're great but if you ever lose the damn security lug the key the, the, the key yes um, it is a nightmare um to get those off and hopefully you have a good vendor that knows how to take those off with confidence and not destroy your rims in the process so um if you get a chance you can find a really good set of potential used or secondhand or new in box options through ebay or through the dealers believe it or not because a lot of people don't take advantage of that but they are readily available now that's what i was wondering because i if i remember correctly at least in the past if not still the um wheel locks are a factory option mm-hmm. in most that cases you have yeah. to purchase them usually um so they're not something you can get and you, you you can do that pay the markup and all that kind of fun stuff but you know when you buy your vehicle it's something that you can you know if you're running stock wheels or something like that or even aftermarket you know uh, a little bit later on in the future plan just think about something now most people will go and just kind of do your normal purchase of gorilla wheel locks and um yeah. but the problem is there's so many units that are sold out there that you're not any real thief or professional thief that's going to uh, that's going to be out there in, the, in their main uh, they have any real backing or, or series of uh, you know experience uh, for stealing the truly, wheels for the truly invested thief True, yeah. the truly invested thief who's going after really good stuff case in point guess what they're probably going to have a set of gorilla locks Thank so you want to alternate from something that's off the normal path so again mm. uh, i usually recommend that now let's talk a little bit about materials there are aluminum options out there there's now titanium options and then of course you have your traditional steel options and we're talking about a specific locking key now that can either be for one one lug out of the set or if it, yeah. it can be for the entire set all around. Gorilla and most aftermarket units make an entire unit. So it's it does all 20, if you will. All of them, yeah. Or you just have one. So that's there's kind of two worlds that you can kind of feather between. And then we're talking about material. So there's lots of options and a lot of material that's out there. So what do, you know, what do I do in that particular case? Well, again, it's all about rarity. If you're going to be daily driving and parking this out, in you know in front of your apartment or say in front of your house or you just you're you're scared about that i would make a recommendation for picking up something that is a strong wheel uh luck yeah. set but making sure that it's an option that's available that you can readily get the key but you're just you're looking for that that scarcity but so somebody will not know it's just my recommendation now some yeah. people will even just go to two different locking sets on the vehicle. And that's if you truly have a good old school set of tires. Like you got a set of Watanabe's that you pulled off a of Joss or eBay Japan, and you do yeah. not want them to get stolen. Pick yourself up two different security lugs and make it hard for them to get those suckers off. You know what I mean? That's what I would highly recommend. But uh, I like for daily 
tried and true steel lugs, open face steel lugs if you can, um, because the cap ones, yeah. if you ever decide to go to like a longer stud, like say yeah. you're going to start doing some some weekend track events and you want to go to a longer stud or something a little with a little more tensile strength. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you can go with longer studs or you can go find like that. I personally like an, a little bit of a longer stud. So when I have to put wheels on in a hurry, I can kind of get that guide on. Um, yeah. But then I go to an open wheel, like an open uh, lug nut and that's yeah. made out of steel and go from yeah. there. But that's for like daily occasional I like to hit the twisties a lot and then the occasional autocross. And that's really where I kind of live and all yeah. my cars well, kind of live, you know, you, you bring up a lot of good points and I've been writing down a few, few ideas as well. Uh, when it comes to selecting who knew there were so many factors that played into wheel lug nuts, wheel locks in general. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned um, material, right? It comes down to application. Uh, yeah. First of all, yeah, how often are you driving it? Uh, again, some people do it just for the Instagram of it all, right? They just want the uh, uh, the new shoes, the new yeah, shoes. You know, the setup. Of course, you can go with different colors and anodizations uh, depending yeah. on material. Um, you've got different styles, like you said. I am a big fan of the open lug because it gives you. Uh, again, if there is a change being made later, how many times in miles, and I know you know this because you, uh, on, in your side time will roll fenders and add spacers. And I roll fenders. I, I check offsets for folks pre-purchase. So I yes. have a tool that actually does all that. And yeah. then I fender roll and then I yeah. shave tires too, as well for those yeah. guys going to track. So. And how many times has it been, at least when, in your early days, when you would do you would spend hours on a job new lug nuts wheel spacers you put the mm. wheels back on and all of a sudden those lug nuts won't fit anymore because they're capped and mm. they can only go so far Spacing. down so you're modifying now yeah. you're cutting up perfectly good lug nuts for the, for the longest time aftermarket lug nuts were really an option for anybody that was buying aftermarket wheels because factory usually give you the big fat openings where you can fit a nice big fat socket with a sleeve on it so you're not scratching it up when you go to the aftermarket yeah. stuff sometimes it's a tighter fit so that means you have to go to a, a thinner socket or you have to take that socket and turn it down on a mill sadly yes so you can fit it into that so i believe it i've had to do that like i have sockets that i've had to turn down a couple thousands oh. just to make sure to fit <laughs> and then i have to put a protective sleeve on it because i'm just that kind of a nerd right yeah. But the thing that comes down to it is um, you had to go to an aftermarket lug nut. And these guys, I mean, they'll drop three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 on a set of new tires and new new rims and, and tires. And then yeah. they're going with a, a $40 set of lug nuts that yes. everybody and their mother has. And I'm like, dude, I was like, change it yeah. up, homie. Like, got to do I, something different. And you did mention how you said you mentioned them as being Gorilla Locks. I think what you mean by that is the brand that you can find at every right. car parts store there is pretty you much want to go to a special I mean, is there try, try to go an online vendor yeah there, there's tons yeah. of online vendors um that make stuff available readily available and then they're fairly light all the you know we'll talk a little bit about weight savings and things like that in here just yeah. a few moments and then the 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 need for hub centric rings if they aren't um, already built into your rotors or things like that, that... And we'll talk about, we'll nerd out that in here just a few minutes <laughs> when I get towards the higher end stuff but kind of going back into lug nuts and and the purposes of all that is 
if you're driving on the street and you're worried about somebody kind of taking your wheels or you just want that level of security, because that's one of the few things on a vehicle that can easily, sadly, be taking, you know, uh, they'll put you in a situation like this where they're putting you up on blocks. And and uh, believe it or not, um, you know, people are like, oh, my wheels got stolen. But the reality is, as an insurance adjuster myself who does these type of jobs, yeah. there's a lot more damage that kind of comes with it. They end up scratching up splitters, you know, like this vehicle's leaning and it, the yes. whole splitter's crack. The vehicle sits on rotors. I've seen, I've seen these things dropped on rotors. Now you need a, a, a new set of rotors, you know, and the alignment's all out of spec and it's all a whack. Or they Ooh. dropped it and they try to jack up the car and they left something in the center of it and then it hits the oil pan or the tranny Ooh. if it's an automatic. You know, yeah. they cause all kinds of damage, you know, because they don't give a damn. They're just stealing your wheels. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, you know, you need some level of security to make this not your situation. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Now, you mentioned something earlier, and I just want to go back to it if it's okay. Uh, you mentioned how you've had to modify sockets to fit mm -hmm. over um, – to fit inside the wheel but around the lug nut sure. in general. And it, when it comes to wheel locks in general, you do have options. You know, you have the key, whatever it may look – whatever shape that it is. It, yeah. Either it, it'll surround and go from the outside of a lug nut, similar to what mm -hmm. a socket does, or you have the ones that are like an Allen bit where you actually – go in into the it'll the slide center. in and it'll, it'll have a key and yeah. that's kind of made into it yeah. yeah now in my experience though i've had much um i've had a set of each in the past the 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 wheel um the, the lug nuts and the wheel locks that have like the any like the mm -hmm. the, the key yeah. that goes on the inside yeah, yeah. it's either an any or an audi the way i yeah. look at it uh you have a lot more – you're more prone to scratching, and I had so much rust. Yeah. How many times have you seen really, really nice lug nuts, but you have this over amount of rust developing on the inside? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It, it scratches. It, it, and, yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things like – and that's the other thing with like aluminum and, and some of these other materials that, that lug nuts are really prone to just flaking and destruction because it's a softer metal – which means it'll impregnate the paint will split. And then next thing you know, you got these lug nuts that you've used for five times off and ons, and they're just th throwaways. You got to trash them. But if you get something that's just like polished or maybe um, um, not so bad, if you go with the anodized stuff, it can be a little, it'll take a little more abuse because yeah. it's a little more etched into the metal but if it's yeah. something that's an actual coated lug nut you're probably yeah. going to get flaking it's probably going to go off you want something that's more plated or yeah. etched in a way either yeah. i usually recommend an anodization or something that has a really strong good solid plate on it like a zinc plate or something so. for for me personally man i don't really and I don't have any personal experience to back this up, mm -hmm. but when I think of materials in general, uh, I can think of three materials, and you've mentioned them already. Steel, which is, of course, your, your probably most common. You have aluminum, and then you have titanium. And titanium yeah. is probably the most expensive of the <laughs> options. So, uh, However, yeah. when it comes to aluminum, just based on its properties, we know it's weaker than steel. Correct. I don't trust it man when you've got so that, yeah. that's the issue that comes so let, let's talk a little bit about aluminum it's a great segue for to to keep continuing on with street and finishing up with that so yeah. let's talk about aluminum so aluminum is good 
the problem with aluminum is it, it, its tensile strength is usually a lot less than steel uh, okay. for, for good reason. So what is the benefit of going to aluminum um, at, at a street capacity? It's you're doing it primarily for the weight savings. And we're talking about grams at this point because, um, you know, steel lug nuts no. are, you know, as a whole, you're probably going to be saving on average of about a pound or two. We're talking the whole vehicle, right? Um, yeah. Versus uh, versus aluminum. You know, titanium is a whole is a, is a very lighter material, but it's not for the average street guy. So again, you're going to aluminum lug nuts. Now, with aluminum lug nuts, you you can put them up to a pretty good amount of uh, torque strength. Now, me personally, I set all my torques. Um, I, I torque every lug nut down to about 90 foot pounds okay. and I use anti-seize on all my threads. That's just how I've always done it. And it, it keeps my lug nuts from fraying and, 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 and you know, getting that nice <laughs> pigtail around the, the threads. Because what, what you want to do is when you're, when you're checking your tires, you're doing brakes and you have aluminum lug nuts, don't be afraid or don't forget to look down the barrel of that lug nut if it's a yeah. closed one because chances are if it's frayed up or anything you're not going to get the same tensile strength from that lug nut it, yeah. it's got a limited lifespan especially yes. if it's aluminum and then if you start seeing the uh, curl around the threads you might as well not have that lug nut because you probably yes. got to maybe about 30 foot pounds which isn't yes. a lot you start putting in torsional rotation in there um, and it, it's going to walk out on you and a lug nut's going to go and hopefully it'll just kind of vacate the vehicle and not cause damage, but you could have it where it flicks off and it, I've seen them hit windshields. I've seen them hit sides of cars, you know, but there's two things you mentioned too. One that you mentioned, uh, the weight savings. Now, one thing similar is that when you're on a wheel, the wheel is spinning. So now you have rotational mass. So we're so going to talk about reciprocating mass, reciprocating just, mass. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll stall on that one. But the other thing you it's mentioned solid. was um, you mentioned uh, Loctite. Now, and, and I've. Anti seize. Anti seize. Anti seize. When you, yeah, have, you, want to put, you don't want to put Loctite on, on Loctite. Loct Did I say Loctite? My mistake. I meant anti seize. Um, now, when it comes to torque specs, and I don't know, I don't really have the answer for you, but I'd have to look into it. Um, when you use a, uh, let's call it a substance uh, mm -hmm. on a nut and, and stud, um, no matter what it is, typically the torque value from which you're, you're trying to accomplish changes because of the, maybe you might say the viscosity that's happening in between the threads and lug right. nut. That's one thing. So definitely want to keep in mind for that. The other thing is um, sometimes cycle. when it comes to threads, how you said how threads, you see how threads start to, especially with aluminum, they start to degrade uh, or strip uh, on the nut. Um Sometimes, you know, most, most lug nuts, I believe, are a coarse thread. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, you know, fine threads have its own benefits as well. So it, that's another factor. I mean, yeah. That's the other thing, too. People think that all threads are created equal versus, you know, like you might have a thread like this versus a tighter thread or maybe a, a different groove. We're talking at a very minute level. But it, believe it or not, you take that same action and move it out and move it in and move it out. And if it's not a direct perfect fit you're not getting the tensile strength that you want on well, it and what happens is you're 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 gonna 
the stronger metal is going to come out on top. So if you've got aluminum there on top of steel and the grooves yeah. there, guess what? That aluminum is going to fray well, and then you got a lug nut walking off on you or you, you go to tighten it and it walks yeah. through. You can't put, you can't put your torque in into it or, I, I, yeah. or you go to discount tire and <laughs> you know, the 19 year old kid who just hit his vape pin decides to hit your lug impact. nut with, with 240 foot pounds of torque and it just and it spins out and he's like oh my bad trash and he just puts it on for 20 foot pounds to get you out the door but guess what now you've got a safety concern going on your vehicle which is even worse than getting your wheels stolen because now you're talking about substantial damage you know if you've got a wheel that walks off well and you mentioned though too you know when it comes to coarse versus fine threads Mm -hmm. i mean when even when you go aftermarket on a thread uh, ARP studs or whatever the case may be. Yep. Typically, that uh, thread, um, the uh, the pitch of those threads, are most likely going to resemble or match what the stock spec is. Uh, and so, and, and how you mentioned, don't if if those threads on your lug nut don't match the stud, don't force it. That's that's asking for a lot of trouble. And just go out and actually find the proper. Uh, lug nut that matches the pitch or the specifications of that lug Very nut. Very true. So let's talk a little bit about now that we've kind of moved on from steel aluminum. Again, my preferable one is steel for most street most. applications. Everything that I for do, street. I like to, you know, for even for hill country running, autocross, yeah. steel is going to be fine. Yes. Just get yourself a nice, good, um, open faced lug nut. Um, it's just how I, I don't really like a cap lug nut. I, I like an open face and I just use anti-seize on it. It keeps yeah. my moisture out. Um, and then I, I frequently change change and rotate my tires about every three months anyway. So I'm really not going to have a situation where rust builds up or anything like that. If you use an anti-seize, um, you're probably not going to have that kind of concern. Just coat. Coat that lug nut every once in a while, every other brake change and you, or every other tire takeoff. You'll probably be okay. But again, use the steel. That's my recommendation. And then you kind of go from there. But again, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, now for the all in guy, the every little bit counts kind of guy. Okay. Because I was that guy for a really long time. So lightweight lug nuts are for a long time. I thought they were like the bee's knees. I was like, (laughs) oh, cool. You know, I was thinking reciprocating mass. And that's what I, I really had the big argument about it. But I, it turns out after having a lot of conversations, doing a lot of research over the last days, um, it turns out that it, it it may not be as beneficial as I thought it was. You know, for for an application at a high racing level, sure, why not? But if, if you're kind of getting into the, the basic uh, level of racing, the benefits that you're probably going to see are not that much because I found out that with reciprocating mass, it's the the fact that all these lug nuts are in close proximity yeah. that the reciprocating reciprocating mass gift or the benefit is not as much as you would think it's not as quanti- quantifiable as mm. as you were thinking plus the rpm levels are not as much um, yeah. The rotation it's is true. not as much to give you the benefit that you would say see in something that's internal inside of an engine, like a like a crank pulley, or say like a lightweight flywheel, or say a drive shaft. Um, when it comes to the external part of a vehicle that's moving at a much bigger rate, and it's yeah. all tied together, the yes. benefits are not in that factor of what three or four on average multipliers. It's actually just barely doubling. That's that. 
that brings up a good point. Like you said, yes, uh, the the weight savings in general. Uh, you know, again, you made a good point. You said that the uh, with reciprocating mass, something that may weigh one pound when it, once it's spinning, and depending on how far it is from this from the axis, has a range of you know three to four times the the weight uh, that that it's giving. But it brings a good point though, is that if you're doing lug nuts. It would be very, very wise of you to also be doing the same with either the wheel, a lightweight wheel, and or lightweight rotors. Because wheels and rotors are going to have, lightweight wheels and rotors are going to have a much larger impact as opposed to lug nut. Uh, because the weight, the difference in weight and weight savings is, is uh, much greater uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, things with tires, I mean, when you go to bigger wheels, you have to take into the account that that vehicle that your brakes not only have to stop your vehicle but they also have to stop it with a, a larger dimension now so if you originally had a stock brake system that's set up for a 16 inch wheel and now you've gone to a 20 it now has to stop that big gigantic wheel in the yeah. rotation and that's where that kind of comes into play um yeah. so lighter lighter i'm a big proponent of of lighter rotors and all the time but when it comes these days, I'm all about the bigger bang for the buck, you know, and lug value. nuts. Yeah. yeah, the value. I would say lug nuts, racing lug nuts and all those type of things yeah. just aren't what what we had thought they were for the longest and, time. And, and it would be a shame. I mean, again, I keep on thinking to myself right now of somebody out there in the world who has the top of the line, lightweight lug nuts. Mm-hmm. but is also running around with a set of steelies. It's like, it, it's not, the net benefit is, your priorities yeah. are wrong, you know? And, then, I would and say. then they change these out too. I mean, you have to understand everything on a race car is a, a lot more consumable, if you will. So racing lug nuts are probably, you know, for that just race, you know, they don't want to risk that. So, you know, I, I should add as well, like while these lug nuts are generally strong enough, um, not all though <laughs> for day-to-day use, <laughs> um, they are far more fragile than like a standard wheel, like a standard steel lug nut. The threads strip again, far, far easier than steel. Since yeah. anytime you fasten a softer metal to a harder metal, like we were talking about earlier, uh, yes. you'll have issues with stripping. You tighten them down, uh, once or twice, and then they'll no longer look good. Um, you know, they'll typically scar anodized painted doesn't matter. And the next time. Uh, they'll begin to kind of look like crap. Anodized, I feel like they hold up a little bit better, but again, any type of a coating on it, you're going to have a problem. Um, Finally, add in the fact that you should never use an air tool with these type of lightweight lug nuts. So you kind of have to control that, which means you are solely going to be the guy taking this stuff on and off. And I think we've pretty much put the final nail in the coffin for these kind of guys. While you may not use them someday, someone may, by accident, um, and they'll very likely damage your wheels in your setup. Um, so you're far better off spending, say, your 150 or $200, and if not $300, um, on something that's a little more beneficial for you, saying lighter, lighter this or that, or something else that actually gives you reciprocating mass, or, you know, cutting out some weight in that car, or finding an alternative yeah. method, or even thinking about corner weighting. You know, I feel like yeah. you get a lot more benefit from something like that. So. I've got two things to add just before we wrap up here, two miles. Sure, sure. Uh, one is um, when it comes to aftermarket lug nuts, uh, again, 
how you mentioned there are a variety of colors and styles and that that yeah. can be a very much a large uh, deciding factor of what lug nuts you buy. True. I would definitely lobby to buy a rep from a reputable brand of lug nuts. Yep. There are way too many fly by night companies that will use um, not only, I mean, again, aluminum's fine, but you got to understand no matter what material it is, there are different grades of that specific material. So when it comes to aluminum, there is a specific grade of aluminum. When it comes to steel, there's particular grades and stainless steel and all that. Just because if someone says aluminum, you, you need to go a little bit deeper and understand what material they're using. Because if you do cheap out, again, you kind of get what you pay for. And then the odds of something being catastrophic, you're on the freeway taking a turn. You know that you don't want that to happen to to anybody. So I would definitely uh, lobby to to buy from a reputable brand. Uh, uh, the eBay route may not. In other words, the the fly by night company through eBay on lug nuts is probably not the way you want to go. Um, yeah, I, I mean, definitely stay away from that. I mean, you can get the titanium stuff, and you can get all that stuff. But titanium's great. Uh, yeah. But you know, it just it comes with a pretty substantial cost. And at the end of the day, we're talking about lug nuts, right? So, you know, uh, let, let's just, let's go that route. I mean, I know we're nerding out on something that's completely kind of silly. That's what we're here but, for. This is what it is, man. But, yeah. you know, me personally, I, I would rather say just go with a nice set of like forged steel yeah. extended opens. Um, you know, that that's what I love. And I think it works out for me. A forged steel um, you know, you're gonna, you're, it's probably the strongest lug nut type that you can get and they're relatively cost effective. I mean, right now you can check out the markets. They're about anywhere from 60 to about 80 bucks, you know, um, whereas this other titanium stuff can get pretty crazy. I mean, you can even go like all-star dormant open lug nuts. Um, you know, uh, those kind of guys, they're like five, five to 10 bucks a lug nut. If you really want to go that route. But me personally, I, I'd rather go with like an open wheel face, something that I can kind of hand tune, especially if you've got deep socket holes in the rims. It just gives you a nice little something you can grip on and throw them on in two seconds. That way you can get the everything back on. And then yeah. at the end of the day, pick yourself up like a good uh, wheel, uh, a good like torque wrench and dedicate that torque wrench solely to um, to your to your wheels. Um, you know, autocross guys, track cars, guys have been using that for years. I actually take mine and then I wrap a little bit of, um, tape around it. So I know that that specific torque wrench, I'm not going to use it on anything else. <laughs> and I'll, maybe I'll take it to a track day or I know that it's going to be that. And then, uh, you know, I'll probably keep it around for a year or two and then I'll just yeah. kind of toss it. Cause I don't, it's either re get it recalibrated or yeah. go from there. But well, yeah. I, I said to say like a good Harbor freight, I hate to say it's Harbor freight, but for this particular piece, like an old craftsman that, you know, is in calibration yeah. or an old like Harbor freight is kind of perfect for that tool. If you happen to get stolen at an autocross event or it gets, yeah. you know, you leave it, somebody's cleaning your car and they decided to steal your car torque wrench. Yeah. You're not out, you know, two, 300 bucks, you're only out like 30, $40 max. Yeah, you know, true, true. I think you can get a torque wrench, Harbor Freight, like $25, but just my two cents. Again, um, hub centric rings is my last little thing. Ooh, okay. So if you're, if you don't know what hub centric rings are, take a little bit of time, get educated on them. They make plastic, plastic inserts, or they make aluminum inserts. Most vehicles nowadays and rims, 
if you have anything of quality it has hub centric stuff kind of built into it or you've or you just need to apply a ring like mike and myself both drive old 300 zx's great cars but at the time people weren't really thinking about that so you can buy a hub centric ring it's a little spacer ring that fits um around the, your the rotor gap. yeah it, it yeah. fills in the gap between the rotor and the wheel and it makes that that contact almost perfectly flush yeah. um a, another thing too is if you get a chance take a little old school grease like a just bearing grease just not a crazy amount to pack it just enough on it to like leave a little film and just yeah. put it around the uh, around the ring because the t the fit is going to be so tight that later on when you're trying to get it off you don't want to mm -hmm. fight with it so you just yeah. want it to kind of fit on pretty nice yeah. put that anti-seize on your lug nuts uh, on your on your um on your threads yeah. on your studs and then put that wheel on torque it down you have got everything that you would want uh, in that application right there and then of course again if you can find a set of like good security lug nuts yeah that's just how i that's how i would roll you know what i mean so i i agree uh you did mention one thing i think was overlooked too uh was the how you said to torque it uh i for those uh i would definitely recommend looking at the factory service manual to understand what the dedicated specification is for torque Mm -hmm. um, typically, it's between 80 and 90 foot-pounds from what I've experienced, right. specifically within the Z world. I think 90 is a little on the high side, but, I mean... Every car can be a little I, different. I, 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 do, I do 90, but uh, yeah. I like to go sometimes a little crazy. I, but I do 80, 80 or 85 myself. I do 85, actually. Yeah. Agree to disagree. So. <laughs> uh, last again, thing... Did, yeah, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, man. I got one wink for you. And this is actually a personal story. It happened to me. It was one of those, is it past, uh, is it late enough yet? It was yeah, one of it. those oh, oh shit moments. I'm going to go ahead and just say it. <laughs> this right. is the late night version of the show, right? Uh, the, um, so I bought a set of lug nuts. Uh, mm -hmm. And one thing we haven't spoken about yet uh, in this conversation is the seat, the style of the lug nut seat, yeah. the mating contact, the, the, the surface flat versus contact. You have yeah. a mag, which is Con typically a flat, and then you have an acorn, which is rounded. Yeah. I made a very dangerous mistake where I used a acorn uh, mating surface uh, mm -hmm. shape on a mag, which is typically a flat surface. Perfect. Luckily, I was... Uh, I discovered it. Someone actually was very nice and discovered it for me, uh, called me out and recommended that I get this thing fixed as soon as possible. I did. Didn't have any problems. But when you think about it, I wish I could have a drawing I could show you. But when yeah. you have something, you'll actually damage the wheel because you have, like you said, that 80 pounds or 90 pounds of, of torque. Instead of having a proper mating surface that's nice and even and distributed in pressure, mm -hmm. now you're actually forcing a very, very small contact patch of one material into another and you can actually essentially wear in a an acorn shape into one of your lug well then and uh, then what holes. happens when you go to put on the right wheel like say for instance you find the yes. situation later now you've got a groove and a mating surface and yes. now you have you don't have proper contact so, yes yeah. that's a deal. huge one man i that's i've, a, I've I, had i, personal I totally forgot about that, that one you know, yeah, we're learning out. We're, we're this nerding is good. Out on nuts, this is good, man. It is what it is. So, <laughs> um, you know, Ion chimed in here. He goes, handy to keep a set of acorns around if you ha uh, have a usable OEM spare. He is completely 100% right. And that's another thing, too, that Ion brought up. 
um, you know, with spare tires, like sometimes you have to take into consideration what that mating surface is all around when you're going from your aftermarket wheels to the, to the spare tire, because at the end of the day, it all needs to kind of work together and kind of unison. So something to take wow. into consideration that, or keep a, an extra set of lug nuts for just that spare tire. So just, just throw it into a Ziploc baggie right next to the, you know, uh, yeah. it's funny that like people, there's literally an extra toolbox out of one of my many toolboxes <laughs> that I have. And you open a drawer and it literally is just baggies and baggies of lug nuts. And they're like, why the hell do you have so many damn lug nuts? It's like, well, people show up here and they change out, they want me to change out their setups. So on their lug nuts, they're just like, oh, just chunk them for me. But the reality is stock lug nuts do have an inherent value to them at some capacity. And they're great when you need to kind of go on a trip or you need spares. And I keep that stuff around because it's one of those, it's not a hoarder. I promise it's not a hoarder situation. I don't keep that many around, but sure. when somebody needs something like, keep again, talking pal. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to that, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things, like, I wish I hadn't have thrown that away, you know? And in my earlier days, I probably thrown away half a barrel full of those things. But nowadays like I keep a, a substantial amount, you know, of, of, of stuff, so that way, if I need them or in a quick fix or somebody shows up and I'm like, dude, you've got the wrong set up. Let me at least give you a good set. And then from there, make your own definitive decision about where you want to go from here as far as the next purchase. And again, we're talking about lug nuts. It's It sounds dumb, Who knew? but, but it's, it's the been... only thing that keeps yeah. that wheel on from you making contact with the concrete. So it's pretty damn yeah. important. You know, it's so. damn important again. And then the repercussions of a poorly made decision as simple as lug nuts can be very, very expensive. Just like the picture behind you. Yeah. It goes down to brakes. I, I mean, I've seen people yeah. not pick the right lug nuts and then they end up snapping off studs uh, and then the wheel yeah. walks away. You know, it, it's dangerous. I mean, we took this again because we care. We want to make sure you're making the proper decisions for your car. Want to make sure you're keeping your car nice and safe. Ion had one more chime and he said, another thing to consider is note, we what the torque spec is for an aftermarket lug nut stud uh, especially like arp based and he's 100 percent accurate as well the the torque rating usually is raised with the aftermarket stuff so you would say that or if you sometimes are lower doing, you know he's right it's both yeah. yeah so when it comes to aftermarket if you had to choose between a dealer uh, sorry a factory specification and a aftermarket specification follow the aftermarket uh of, yeah of definitely the because it's their product that you're going it's with their not, product it's not the oem at that point yeah. you've you put your faith in their product so you need to follow their product rules arp is you know they've been doing this game forever when it comes to lug nuts and, and stud up op and stud options they make a very good um stud replacement kit usually an extended and then um, Nismo has been doing it too as well. Um, mm. They usually make uh, a lot of options, especially for like guys with like S14s, Z32s, 350Zs. They've been doing it for a really long time. You have a, you have other really great manufacturers or grilly vendors. I think even Z1 does their own variations of it too as well. They but they, again, they've tried their stuff. They test and tune their stuff. So they know what they're doing and when they make recommendations. And they know that their stuff takes tensile strength. So again, getting back to it, just know those type of things uh, for your own safety and then, of course, for your own security. So at the end of the day, daily driving, you probably want to find yourself a good open wheel 
steel lug nut um, that's not going to give you problems and look good at the end of the day. But, um, or you can go to the factory OE, um, ones like that. We love those. Um, yeah. And then uh, just kind of do your own research and rarity. Scarcity and rarity is your friend there. You know, you want to definitely make sure that you're not you're not with following the the crowd and going with the gorilla stuff because guess what everybody has those lock those yeah. those key locks everybody I have and their about, mom's got them yeah. I have about 25 gorilla lug nut keys literally yeah. I swear to God I have 25 of them in my toolbox I give them away now because <laughs> everybody shows up and they have uh, they 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 change out lug nuts and I swear I have that key more often than not. So That's again, good. don't, I'm not saying it's not a good product. It's just that it's the issue that everybody and their mother has it. You want to go with rarity. So when they go to try to steal your stuff, oh damn, he's got something different. Move on to the next car. So yep. just my two cents. And then if you're going good. big boy, do yep. your research, know your products, again, know what you're looking for. It's again, when, when you're buying a $2,000 or more pair of wheels, you know, yeah. And you're using $20 locks you know that everybody has that's uh yeah. it's not a wise decision you got to kind of match the investment yeah as well. it's not always so, yeah. about the dollars you spend but it's all yes. about buying the good quality stuff and, at, at that point and it doesn't like i said don't consider lightweight being what you need you're not going to probably see the benefits of it go moreover with something that's going to give you that nice tensile strength to keep that wheel on and let you put down that applied torque time and time again you know, versus an aluminum one that's going to give you two, three, four times titanium, five, six, seven, and that's it. Yep. Or discount tire one, <laughs> and then you're, you're done. So that's yeah. all we're going to talk about here yeah. for nuts for the night. But thank you for yeah. staying with us. And it's, yes, we do uh, nerd out like this on normally. This is, good. this is what we do. We we normally nerd out about stuff like this. Sad I, to say, but I hope you learned a little bit. So I want to say we probably did that. Uh, uh, would you call it well over 20 minutes for sure on like i want to say we, we can, can rant it. we can rant for sure uh, this so, is yeah this, this yeah. this is this is why we do it man because again if it wasn't here we'd be in a parking lot doing it right uh, right True. at the same I, moment, we'd be giving you know? new uh some green noob some uh some advice um you know sadly we, but moving on yeah. so yes, let's yes, talk yes. about um let's, groups well, of do, people oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry man uh before we do i do want to go ahead and uh it's been a it's been a minute since we did some crowd work here too. Want to go sure. ahead and uh, give one a few more here. Uh, kind of going back just a little bit here. We did have some uh, uh, some other comments uh, in reference to the uh, GT4 uh, comments we made during our motorsports update. Uh, we did have Myers Motorsports saying, of course, huge field, uh, a lot of competition happening uh, for the Nissan teams uh, on the. Uh, uh, G GT series, GT4 series. Uh, actually, uh, Coda uh, GT4 is coming to Coda. If you are in the Texas area, it'll be at uh, oh shoot, less than a month away. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know between now and then we will have another episode, and we will be definitely promoting that uh, that race and also the car corral, which is also set to happen. I believe uh, very very soon. Details are to be uh, announced. At that point. And last one, I think Mile uh, Ion had one more, which was saying, clean your studs, mounting, dismounting wheels. Don't need to goober up your threads. <laughs> it's okay. true. 
Yeah. Especially yeah, with yeah, aluminum babe. stuff, you get all that stuff on it. Then you just have a big old mess on your hand and then you're pulling studs, which sucks. If you that can, uh, can suck, yes. it can that, suck. So, we can spend another 30 minutes on pulling studs. I'm not going to talk about, about studs <laughs> and how much they suck. We'll leave it alone. So, yes. but moving on with our lives. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, groups of people getting together, more nerds getting together. We'll talk a little bit about events and uh, round out our night. So this yes. segment of the Nissan Nerd Podcast is meant to promote regional and national Nissan-related events happening where you live. If you're an organizer or a spectator, we're happy to influence the success of an event. All you got to do is reach out to us. Now, Mike, you want to talk about this uh, next upcoming episode, uh, next upcoming event, right? Yes, yes, yes. So for this segment, we've got one event in particular we want to go ahead and promote. Uh, it's, one, it's actually an event we haven't yet uh, promoted. So we want to talk about an event that's been happening for, oh, what would you call it? Well over 15 years, dare Long I say time. close to 20. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, we are talking about Z-Days, uh, an event actually happening out in North Carolina. I'm going to share my screen on this. Uh, the 2023 Z-Days event is happening May 17th through the 21st. So we're just under a month away from this event. Uh, more specifically, it's happening in Blowing Rock, North Carolina. So if you are on the on the East Coast, uh, close uh, or close to uh, North Carolina, I think it's definitely worth your while to look into this event, make some time, maybe book a hotel for, for all of the event or some of the event. It, honestly, uh, there is so much happening uh, uh, during Z-Days uh, this year that uh, there really isn't a, uh, I, I really can't imagine you having a bad time. Uh, myself, Miles, you and myself have each gone to Z days in the past at different parts, uh, at different times, uh, in the last 10 years. Correct. Um, I've uh, had a blast there. Oh, um, probably too much of a good time. Some of the best times, best memories. I have so many memories of, of Z days, man. So you're absolutely right. And, you know, we have had uh, the uh, one of its organizers, Brian Settle, with us on in the past to, to talk a lot about those because he's a very personable guy. I mean, we've uh, I treat him like a brother, man. Again, for as much stories and memories we have with him. Uh, great, great guy. And he definitely knows how to put on a show him and his team uh, here with Z days. Uh, but getting into this uh, this year's events, we've got five days of action. Uh, some of the events that you can expect to happen, uh, we've actually got a karaoke night. We've got a game night. Uh, there is a 5K run that is organized during this event. And uh, that's actually pretty unique to, to car events actually having a 5K. And they've been doing it for a few years in the past already. Uh, so it's very, very much, uh, I think, in my opinion, uh, unique uh, signature of Z days that's doing the 5k. Mm -hmm. Uh, something they're bringing back, at least in my opinion, is the, uh, casino night as well. I've always wanted to do a casino night. I won't, I won't lie to you, man. I would, that sounds like so much fun. You know, it's, um, it'd be, it'd be a charity event. And then all of a sudden you're like, you lost your clothes. It's like, <laughs> how did you, how did you lose your house at a, at a charity gambling night? They're like, sir, please yeah. just stop. Let is it there, ride. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, we were playing with Monopoly money. Now you've got actual. You got money. real money on the table. It's like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
One of the cool events that they have is a trike autocross where they get these tricycles and they're having an autocross like track and competition. Like that's a a, a lot of freaking fun, man. I ain't going to lie. Z days is partnering with a lot of local businesses in the area uh, and they will be uh, involved with some of the uh, daily activities. We've got a judge car show, a group photo. Uh, You have your, uh, your traditional uh, dinner and awards ceremony. Um, you know, typically the, after the judge car show, uh, you might say it's your, your closing ceremony of sorts. Um, regi- online registration is open. It's still open. Zdays.com. That's da- days with a Z. Zdays.com. You can check out, again, to get more information about this event, the registration. You can get information on the hotel uh, for which you can register. And, um, again, uh, I, I can't say much, I, I, I can't say enough about this event. And I, again, for those who are in the area, highly, highly recommend that you guys go out and have some fun, uh, and hang out with the guys. Do it for us, uh, if you are in that area. So, uh, that is events, uh, for me, Miles, um, that's, uh, that wraps up events. That wraps up event. Actually, I think that's going to wrap up the night. I think we're done. So again, uh, many events have been promoted for the first of the year. We only have so much time, so we'll continue to promote the events as we get closer to them. Um, feel free to let us know if there's, again, happening something in your neck of the woods that we need to know or we need to promote. We are happy to do it. You just got to give us a little bit of time and keep us in the loop by letting us know what's happening. Again, you can continue um, to uh, to let us know what's happening in your uh, neck of the woods by reaching out to us or just continuing to follow us and, and keep us updated. Uh, but always remember to like, share, and subscribe. You can contact us through social media. Um, Facebook page is probably the most updated. And of course we have an Instagram page as well. Um, yes. If you need to contact with us with your information, you can do that at info at nissannerd.com. Um, let's do some last crowd work. Say bye to everybody. And then I think that's a, I think that's it, man. So for the night, that sounds good. That sounds good. Uh, uh Anybody we need to say bye to? Anybody else on with us still here for the night? I know it's two hours. It's a long time, but guess <laughs> we, what? It's You didn't have to leave your house to talk about cars, so it's not that bad. How cool right? is that? Again, we, in, and we were talking about this uh, offline, Miles. You know, We always imagined as we were doing this show that it, for those who are listening, that maybe they do it as they're in the garage. It's a Thursday night. You know, I might call it Friday Junior. It's the night before the party night, you know, and maybe you spend some time in the garage, you, you're turning a wrench, maybe you have us in the background, you're having a good time, and you just got some company just talking, talking Nissans, man. So. You know, that's what I always tell people, so we're we're background noise, you know what I mean? We're, yeah. That's all we are, we are car guy background noise, so run our old episodes in the background while you're in the yeah. garage. You're not Hopefully alone. some of this, yeah, you're not alone. Hopefully some of this kind of gets through your ear, maybe from time to time we help you, which is weird in some capacity with something, or maybe we gave you some good guidance or maybe there's the very... a guy doing lug nuts. Maybe, maybe there's, there's a guy, guy doing lug nuts. And he's like, right get these, now, get these oh, out of here. This crap yeah, out of here. Get this trash out of here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but again, um, you know, that's what we're here for. We're always happy to help the community. Again, let us know what's happening in your neck of the woods. Um, till then we'll see you on the next episode of the Nissan nerd podcast. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for everybody for yeah. being on with us here tonight. And, um, you know, until then, I always say get in your garage, make something cool. I like you better when you're in your garage. So, um, (laughs) all right, 
Yes, uh, let's round up this episode. For those who are with us, go ahead, whatever you have in front of us, let's do a salute again. Uh, round off Kanpai, everybody. Kanpai. Uh, again, do a clink. Ah, clink. Mm. Ooh, ah, good stuff. Let's do this. Oh,